Yo, what's going on, everybody? My name is Ben Spence Hilaire, and I am the host of the Dread and Ted podcast. Before I begin this episode, which is episode eight, um, first I want to apologize for my absence this past few days or this past few weeks, I should say. And um, the reason why is because, you know, when I was out of town, um, you know, I just I was basically out of town and down, down in South Florida. Uh, you know, my pops had a stroke. Um, it's like his third stroke. And, you know, he was he was in, in the hospital. So I kind of like, you know, sat back and, you know, took care of him a little bit. And then also, you know, um, my mom had breast cancer. So she was also like dealing with some sickness stuff, too. So I kind of like, you know, chilled out there for a few more days to take care of her a little bit. I mean, if anyone that been following my journey knows both my parents have cancer. Dad, prostate cancer, mom, uh, breast cancer. So. But that's not what I'm here for today. I'm not here to like dwell on this too much. Um, and uh, another reason why I was kind of absent these past few weeks, uh, or weeks I should say, is recently I've been working ex- extremely hard on these two projects that I've been working on. Called one is a website called the Neighborhood Star Fund. Um, you'll hear more about that um, later on this month. And the second project is this new app I just launched called um, called Deep. That's D-E-E-P, Deep. And what Deep is, Deep is basically a mobile application for for iOS. What the app does, the app basically let people share their emotions anonymously through audio recordings. So if you're dealing with depression, uh, anxiety, um, PTSD, uh, bipolar, or you know, or you just feel alone, you have no one to really speak to. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's just good to hear somebody else say, yo, it's going to be okay or you're not alone. We just launched the app, I think, last week. So, um, you know, if you listening, if you know anyone that's dealing with depression or even for yourself, go ahead, download the deep app. And the thing is, nobody really know who's dealing with depression, anxiety. I mean, from experience, I could say that I've, I've, I've basically been there. Uh, um, I've dealt with depression, anxiety in the past. And... Trust me, like when when I'm out in public, you can't tell if I'm if I was depressed or not. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I talked about this depression thing like in season one a little bit, um, but listen, man, life happened. You know, like uh, life is hard. You know, what I'm not that it's hard, hard, but it's just like like how I see it, man. You, you can't expect to be born in this world, right? And and then not have any mental scars like when you're born in the world you meet different people different energy you come across different situations some good some bad you know what i'm saying like 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 the same way how your how your physical health as you get older start to like you know um mess up a little bit like there's no way anyone can tell me that their mental health is a hundred percent at all times you know what i'm saying like if you have a love loved one that passed away that that right there is a scar that you know what I'm saying that that just happens to your mental health. If you lost your job, if you having a a, a new family, a new baby, and you have no way to take care of family, to pay for this, pay for that, or 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 whatever that you're dealing with. I mean, we all have our own ways of dealing with things, and we all have our own. Uh, we all have different reasons that cause depression, anxiety. But long story short, what I'm trying to say is, man, it's something that's actually real. Uh, a lot of your friends. Family members probably dealing with it, and you would never know. You know, like I had a homegirl that committed suicide um, a few years ago, and a few days before she did it, we spoke on the phone. You know, and and I also asked her, "Hey, how you doing? Everything good? You know, how you feeling? You know, like is everything alright?" And so on and so on. And she'll say, "Yeah, everything is fine. Everything is good. You know, her and her son." Uh, they doing good, so I expect that you know everything is good because she said everything was good, and. Two or three days later, 
she committed suicide and left her son behind, a little baby son behind. So I'm just I'm just saying, you just you you just never know who's dealing with it. So it doesn't matter if somebody look happy or sad, you just never know who's dealing with it. So um, if you can, man, you know, uh, spread the word about the uh, about this new app. Spread the word because, like I said, you don't know who, who in your friend list or family members that's that's going through it. They probably never tell you to be honest with you. Um, but this is what the app does, man. The app basically allow you to or anyone to express that emotion that they having or dealing with anonymously. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's no pictures, no videos, no text, strictly audio recordings. Um, no followers. It, it it basically folks on on that peer to peer support community feature. So that's what this is. But anyway, I didn't I didn't want to start this episode. You know, like sad like this or make it you know sound bummer. But sometimes in life, though, like you really gotta like you know like speak about this kind of thing. I feel like we don't speak about this thing enough. What's the point of having a voice if I'm unable to actually speak about real topic like this? You know what I'm talking about? With that being said, though, what I'm gonna do, kind of like you know, uh, sit back and let y'all enjoy this episode. It's um, and we have a, a great guest today that goes by the name of Malcolm. Uh, Malcolm basically gonna tell you guys how he got into the tech industry, but also how he became a, a consultant in the tech industry. Uh, great guy, smart king. Um, he have a lot of great tips and advice to give y'all. So I'm gonna sit back, relax, and let y'all enjoy it. All right. See y'all next time. I came up from the My name is Malcolm Paul. I'm a full stack developer and a product manager for Hire. And basically, I work with startup clients and entrepreneurs, uh, helping them figure out what they're going to build and getting them to build it today. Okay, awesome. So, and Malcolm, right now you are based in New York. Are you originally from New York, born and raised? I am actually from the Caribbean, but I was, I've been here since I was 11. So, I'm pretty much a New Yorker, but I'm from the Caribbean. So, I got a little bit of Caribbean spice. Oh, word. Which, uh, which five? Which one? I'm from a small island called Dominica. Oh, okay. Oh, man, that's what's yeah, up, man. Yeah. And, then, and then, so you came here when you were 11 years old, straight to New York, right? Or was it? Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. I've been here since I was 11. You know, went to school here, worked here, got a house here, trying to hopefully start a family here. We'll see what happens. Oh, nice. And then where, was it uh, in Manhattan or was it in Brooklyn? What 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 borough did you uh, come in? In the Bronx. So I've been I've pretty much been in the Bronx my whole life. And it's funny because, like, you hear people from Brooklyn say they don't want to go to the Bronx. You've been to Boston, they don't go to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just happened to end up in, in the Bronx. So, yeah. Uh, not, and then, uh, now you being from uh, you know kind of raised there and into the Bronx now or New York in general, do you see any any changes from the younger days to now? For sure, for sure. Especially like um, I, it, 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 it sounds weird. It's, it's not weird to say. It's gentrification. Yeah. Um, I guess I guess it just means like a, a different standard of quote unquote living. It's mm-hmm. but I, I've seen it. Like once since I bought my house in the Bronx, it's been a completely a complete adjustment of the neighborhood. For example. One stop, one stop south of me, the train station got a complete overhaul. My station is up like, a complete overhaul. And what they're doing is they're, you swear you're in downtown Brooklyn. Like mm-hmm. the way that in Williamsburg, the way these stations are coming up. So they're preparing for the next few years where new people are going to come in. And it's already happening. There are people are getting off on the train and moving to the neighborhood. And, you know, it's, 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 there's still hustlers on my block, but mm-hmm. they're being phased out. Oh, man. And then um, also you mentioned that you went to school in New York. Uh, was it NYU or was it somewhere else? No, I went to I went to Baruch College. So I went to I went to Baruch College. And what major did you study? I studied entrepreneurship management with a with a, a minor in psychology. Okay, so yeah. all right, so quick thing. So based on that, so overall, you as an entrepreneur, do you feel like someone have to go to school to become an entrepreneur, or do you, can you do it without going to school? 
No, you, you, you like if, if you're a natural, if you're a natural born business business person, you don't need school. Everything comes naturally to you. It's and and the most natural part about being an entrepreneur is being able to ask questions, being able to like um, adjust and you know get and ask for help. If you can do that, you don't need school because anything you don't know, you could ask questions and learn it. School is really just to give you kind of like a foundation and like 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 a, a, a framework for handling certain things. For example. You might talk to someone who didn't go to school and they're like, oh, I didn't know how to handle my books. If you go to school, you learn how to handle your books, you know? Mm-hmm. But I, don't, I definitely don't believe that this a guy named John Henry down in Harlem, uh, he, he uh, co-founded Harlem. He didn't go to school. Yeah, I know John. Great businessman, you know? You know you, people are, people are you, you're, you're born with it or you learn it. Oh, okay, that's perfect. Okay so, okay, so now after school, did you get right into entrepreneurship yourself with a business or did you end up working for a company to build your resume? So it's funny. So I started working at this company when I was 20, 20, 20, 20 years old. And I stayed there for almost 10 years till I was 29. Um, and I was managing um, like 15 people, around 15 people, in addition to doing product management and development. And during that time, I went back to school. So I was in school while working, while trying to start a company. Uh, but as soon as I graduated school, I left that job. Which which company was that? Uh, it's a small it's a small um, technology company called Call Centric. It's a voice over IP company, so a digital telephone. Company. Okay, now did you, did you leave the job because you just wanted to start your own company, or was it more of a like you was just done with the company overall? Um, I within my my third year there, I started to get restless because um I there were things I thought the company was capable of. So I don't know if you know this company called Twilio. Yeah, yeah. Um, Twilio does SMS stuff. This company has the opportunity to do it because we work at such a low level. We can implement and you know our technology and build the libraries that developers can use. So we could have been a multi-billion dollar company, or probably a couple hundred million dollars, whatever it is. But the owners, the the problem with it is you have to understand who you're working with and understand like the motivations of the people you work with. The owners they wanted it for a lifestyle. You know, so they were older. They had already worked in corporate jobs. This was just, you know, they were, we were doing like 400k a month. So we were, we were, we were doing decent. It was doing a decent amount of money. They just wanted the company to stay to stay stable. I wanted to push into new frontiers with the company. I put together proposals. I put together presentations on how we could do this, this, that, and adjust. And you know, they didn't want to do it. And you just learn that. So. I knew that I wanted to get out of there quick, quickly, but I had to finish school before I, 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 I left the company. Uh, that makes sense. And now, now uh, after that, that company itself, um, you were still in school, right? So, so did you go to school? Did you go back to school for entrepreneurship again? Was it a, another major? So I, I had already, I already had a tech background from going to school. I went to DeVry for a year, which got DeVry, but I did, um, I got the fundamentals of um, computer engineering at DeVry. Mm. And then I, when I went back, when, when I went back to school, I knew I wanted to do something with business. I didn't know if it was operations or, or, um, or sales or whatever it is, but I know I wanted to do something with business. I wanted to be free for it. Mm. And so I went to, um, when I got to Baruch, I realized that what I wanted to do was entrepreneurship because I could, that I could do whatever I wanted. I just need to learn the base, the base skills, and then build from there. Mm. So I, I figured out what I wanted to do. I had an idea of what I wanted to do, and then entrepreneurship kind of, kind of, so, so, so entrepreneurship kind of, um, kind of um, brought that all together for me. Okay. Now, now um, earlier you mentioned that you went to DeVry for computer science, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So, so for that, um, what, what made you want to go? To school for computer science. Like, what made you want to become a coder or work in tech? What was the inspiration there? 
So I, I, I think when I when I get this question, like someone growing up in the in the late early 2000s, late 99, is the same is the same kind of answer. I opened my computer, I tried to fix it, I made it work, and then now I needed to, I wanted to know how to make it work the way I wanted to work. I wanted to know how to develop and build stuff. And within that kind of like frame, I started to learn a little bit of like how to make it shut down when I wanted with the scripts and all this stuff. So I started to learn that, and then I'm like, you know, I want to build a game. So I started learning video games, but then I, I video game program, Win32 program, but then I realized I need a much stronger foundation for math and all this stuff. So that's when I realized I needed to get that foundation and I needed to go to school to get it. I could have just learned on my own. So that kind of like led me. So I started doing all of that when I was like 14, 15, and then I ended up in school when I was like 18, 17, 18. Okay, now as far as okay, as far as tech jobs go, right? Okay, let's say if it's a new person that's involved in tech now, right? Especially like a, a black person, um, how can they kind of get themselves involved in a either tech company, like like because you look like you have experience working for a company at least getting them to the door. What are some tips that they can use that you use to get yourself inside? Rather than going straight to coding, you need to get a few courses, which is get the fundamentals of like logic. Um, logic is a super important part of becoming a software engineer. Um, they teach you control structures when you start learning to code, but logic, like critical thinking, is very important. I think the soft skills are more important to learn up front. So learn how to work critically, learn how to communicate, learn how to write a document, whatever it is that you're building. That I think comes before you do anything. Um, once you have that down, and I say just dive in. You can dive in and learn with any language. Language is like language is just a tool. How do you know which one to learn first? How do you know what language to actually tackle first? You don't necessarily. You you, you don't really know what you, what you, you don't really know what you, what you need until you, you know what you want to build. I mean, there's you can start with Python, JavaScript. Uh, PHP, uh, C++, whatever it is, you can you, you can mix and match whatever it is that you want to do. But at the end of the day, it, um, if you have a good understanding of you know control structure, logic, and all that stuff, you can jump into any language. So what the tools that are the tools for the task are based on the type of task you're trying to accomplish, right? Mm-hmm. And so. If you find, if you find, for example, you start with JavaScript, you know JavaScript, that could be your core language. And then you can branch out, learn C, learn C, learn Go, learn Rust, learn JavaScript, TypeScript, whatever it is that you need to get the job done. From my perspective, it's not a matter of, you know, learn this and learn that. It's learning the things that underlie everything that you're going to use, right? Which is, comes down to the math and the logic. Learn, understand that so that when you're ready to go, you can just jump into the language. You might take some time to wrap up, but once you jump into it, it's just a matter at that point of learning everything and uh, learning the syntax or nuances of that environment and then jumping into it and, and building whatever it is that you're going to jump that made perfect sense. Okay, so uh, to conclude in, on that aspect, now as a you know young black king in the tech world, do you think that plays a role from you know folks like us growing or actually achieving a lot much more in the tech world? Or for you, do you think it's just easy and it's not really a barrier there for us? I don't think I want it, I want I want to think that there isn't. You know, I may I may have a different experience, but I want to think that there isn't. I'm I'm originally from a different culture, so my mindset when it comes to race and color in the in the world is it's slightly different. But I, I do I do know that there are different like um hindrances, especially when it comes to um, race and stuff like that, that can affect your ability to, you know, grow in, in the in the tech space. But I think if 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 you try to kind of 
put that to the side and understand that you can't approach every situation like that and you focus on let me bring my skills and values to the table first and when somebody steps out of line or something steps out of line i make it clear that that's not what it's supposed to be i think that that's a better approach than going into it and thinking that you're immediately going to be prevented from building something we're in a world right now where nothing is preventing you from Building something that people actually want to use. There's nothing. Mm, okay, I like that. Now, um, okay, so as far as your, your company goes, um, can you kind of give them a, like the, like the name, name of the company and also what is it that you guys doing in the company? Yeah, so so that's my consulting company, and I the company is called Ninjas in the Machine NITM Inc. And what we do, I, I run the gamut from um, doing planning, understanding what people want to build, getting the product plan together, so that involves writing documentation, um, getting the um, uh, wireframes, prototypes, and everything together before building anything. And we also do uh, we also do the development of that early stage project for the MVP. I, uh, I like to work at the MVP stage, which is getting the first version of the product that makes sense out to the public, to your customers, so you can validate your idea. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so we run the gamut from um, product planning, to prototyping and design to development and then while in the after that phase there's the part where i do consulting for team building and general consulting for your product and it's just we want to go in this direction what are the hindrances what are the technologies like what are the tools like successful technology to use that's something that i understand or i figure out once i understand the scope of the product and i let them know this is what you're going to use to build this Okay, now it makes sense. Okay, so okay, so how I see it is uh, from having skills as a coder and also from learning entrepreneurship by going to school, but also also from doing it actual you know footwork you know, you know um, what made you decide to start this kind of company versus where you, where as a coder you know you could have done an app a website something else but what made you do consulting? So well that that's not like and that's not something that is outside of my you know purview. I, I still built I still built like on my hobby stuff. Or mm. not, but I still have things that I want to work on. But this is what I enjoy doing. And they do say find your passion, but then they also say don't do the things that you love as your job because you end up hating it. I still love the process. I still love love working with people. I still love growing as a person, understanding from different situations. So it's still enjoyable to me, and that's pretty much what makes me wake up in the morning. It's not necessarily the money because um, the money is tight but <laughs> it's the um, it's ultimately it's, 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 it's the feeling that I get from helping somebody build something that they uh, they went from the top now, okay, so okay, to, to get clients, how do you get clients? How do you market? How do you because having a consulting company is, is not as easy as people think. So how do you get people to? No, it's not. It's not. It's, and it took me a while. It's took, it took me a while. I've had some stumbles on the way in terms of mishandling projects, but most of your most of your work in this space is gonna come from referrals. People that you work with before, people that you help, people that you know might have seen you. They, you know, if if you give people a good impression, give them a good feeling. They'll refer you business. Um, so yeah, it's it's a matter of growing, growing, growing clientele. And um, on on my side as well, on my side as well, I also try to put out educational content, which is like stuff that will help entrepreneurs. If you don't, if you can't afford it, here's exactly what I do, and you can go out and do it. So educating people is another way to get clients on as well. Okay, and then and then as for, let's say if anyone want to reach out to you for any questions or or advice, where can they reach you? 
you can reach you can go to the website nitm.com see what we do see, see some of the stuff that we've done so far there's some stuff from last year that's not on there we'll put it up and you can reach me at malcolm at ninjas itm.com malcolm at n-i-n-j-a-s-i-t-m.com that's my email address and i've heard i've seen this done before um and it makes sense i'll give my telephone number which is 347 241-2690-347-241-2690. And I'm happy to have a conversation, you know, if someone is thinking about doing something, I'm not sure where to start, happy to, happy to help them get it started. Uh, and if they want to move forward to work with me, then I'm happy to take it in that direction as well. What can folks listening help you with? Like, I know you gave them great advice and great tips, but what can the world and me, whoever listening right now, can help Malcolm with? That's interesting. I, I don't think I've had this question asked to me before. So I think the biggest, the biggest one for me is if you, if anyone out there has advice for someone who is, you know, business advice has some as advice for me, I'm happy to listen to it. And tips, feedback from their experiences, what they've learned, anything that they, they they've come across, articles that they've read. Yeah, so anything like it when it comes to podcasts, just share it with me, and I'm more than happy to to listen to it and you know bounce information back and forth and get feedback. Just, just want to get feedback. That's that's the biggest thing I'm learning right now. And you know, any, any information that can help me grow as a person, I'm open to it. Man, I like that, Malcolm. So, Malcolm, you know, one last thing, man. So, overall, do you have any words of wisdom for the listeners? Anything you think the the people should know or any advice? Yes, it's to, if you're thinking about working for yourself, whether it be like as a, on the side or, or full time, just do it. Don't don't you know? Don't think about it too much. Just do it. You're you're gonna have to learn, and the one thing you have to become comfortable with is this is a continuous learning process. If you're not comfortable with failing and learning, you're gonna have a hard time. But just take 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 that first step. That first step is the scariest, but once you get over it and you realize you're still alive. You're going to be able to like to survive on your own, survive for yourself, and, and, and build that kind of, uh, I hate to say this word, but you have to build your hustle. I came out from the moon.